Turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Uh, I've preached on this several different ways and several different times. And uh, I got to reading it again the other day. And I saw something in it that I never saw before. And, and it was just almost, you know, I never noticed it. Never, never noticed it. But Luke chapter 15 is the only place where you find the story of the prodigal son. Uh, there's something here that I want to lift out and preach on and in a different angle that we've heard before. We've heard many messages on the prodigal son about this, about that. But I, there's two phrases in here that I want you to get a hold of tonight. And it may help you out, and I know it's helping me out. And uh, God, will, God will use it. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. And it said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger son of them said unto his father, Watch this. Give me the portion of goods that befalleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there was a waste of his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to and spare, and I perish with hunger. You can almost hear this boy speak to himself out in that field, in a place that he should not have been, in a place that he would not would have been caught as a Jew boy. And I imagine it was running through his mind, what in the world were you thinking? Yeah. You know, some people are always looking for the greener grass on the other side. I don't know about you, but the greener grass at my house is over top of septic tank. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to looking for that greener grass, there's really nothing but filth. Up under it. I imagine this boy got to thinking to himself, how did you get into this position? Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to call thy son. Watch this. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you thanking for your mercy, grace, and love. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're about to do, Lord. We thank you for the songs that we heard. They were so wonderful songs, Lord. We thank you for those songs. But Lord, let us put on our uh, heart to hear what you have to say to us today. And Father, we just praise you. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The first time we find this boy Showing in, up in the scriptures, this is the statement that he makes in verse number 12. Uh, like the younger son said to his father, the first thing that we find him saying, Father, give me. This is the statement of a high immaturity. And you say, what statement is that? He says, you care about what you can do for me. 
what somebody can do for me. You want to know the song, a sign of an immature person? Have you ever watched little kids? I've got them, you've had them, and you've always seen them. They're saying, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I want. You know the sign of an immature Christian? Give me, give me, give me. I want, I want. Never get into the place, as the Bible says, to whatsoever state I'm in. Therefore, to be content. It's always, Lord, I need. Lord, I want. Lord, give me. Give me that. Give me this. I don't know how long it took for this boy to spend all that he had. And I'm quite sure his father gave him a large sum of money. He split the uh, uh, inheritance with his other brother. I'm sure it took him a little while to spend it. To go through all that he had. Maybe it took a little while for that famine to roll in. Maybe it took him a little while to find that job working in for the person of the far country, feeding the swine. It might have took him a little while. I, I figure maybe about a year or so that it took him to get from where he was to the bottom he was in. It took a while for him finally to come to himself. I found this out. Time and trouble has always teaching us lessons. Time and trouble in our life has ways of changing our minds. The way we look at things. Some of y'all here like me got the gray hair on your head and got some years behind you. You can turn around and look back all the years behind you and you say, what were you thinking? What was you thinking? How, why did you do that? How did you get yourself in that position? It would be nice like the song says, uh, Dear Younger Me, that I could actually go back uh, to my younger years and say, hey, buddy, let me tell you what, that is not the place you want to be at. Them are the, not the people you want to hang out with. You shouldn't go there. You shouldn't do that. You, sh you need to take a little bit of time and study the situation because if you don't, you can wind up in some places that you don't want to be. I can, stay, I can attest to that. I have been there. That's what's going to teach this boy time and trouble. I, I want you to notice the mindset the change he had. I want you to look at the difference in how this boy goes from, Father, give me. Watch what it comes to when he finally starts talking and in verse number 18. The last time we've seen him talking, he said, Father, give me. Some time has passed and he said, I will rise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, verse 19, he said, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. It's no longer give me now. It's no longer I want now. The Lord make me. Make me. I find in the life of every child of God, sometimes it takes time to get us to where we get to from give me to make me. It takes some troubles in life. 
It takes some heartaches in life. It takes some tears. It, it takes some lessons in life for God to take us from a give me to Father just make me. Just make me. Not that I'm calling the shots, but you, God, you're calling the shots. Preaching on this thought going from give me to make me. I, I found this, some sons and daughters are quicker to get to the place of give me to make me than others. Amen. I've watched some Christians, uh, when they get saved, they grab a hold of it real quick. Lord, it's, it's not about me, it's all about you. Uh, and they go from get me to uh, make me real quick. But I've seen other Christians, it takes years of banging their head against the wall. Years of banging their life against problems and trials and headaches till they finally come to the place they say, I'm done with that give me lifestyle. I'm going to get out into the Lord make me lifestyle. Can I say that in this story, the only true happy place that this child of God's life is, is when you get to the point when you go from God make me, not God give me. You see, the world thinks this. You, you, the only way you can be happy is that the more I get, the more I got to makes me happy. That's not true. The key to happiness is not give me. The key to happiness is, Lord, make me. Make me into what you want me to be. That will bring you the glory. There's only one way to be happy in Jesus, and that is to trust and obey. Amen. You know why so many Christians are miserable in their lives? They have no joy, they have no peace in their life. There's no compassion in their life. The Christian life is not exciting for them anymore. They're living a life of give me, give me. I'm going to show you three things real quick and we'll go home. We see the difference in give me and make me. There's a difference that we find that gave me, give me and make me. Listen to me. Give me is built on self-reliance. He said, Father, give me that portion of goods that falleth to me. And as soon as he gave him, as soon as Father gave him his son, it, it, he headed off into a far country. Basically, it went like this. The boy said, Daddy, give me what I want. Take your hands off my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm gonna, I don't want no strings attached. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm going to do and live my own lifestyle. I don't want no rules in my life. I'm tired of you telling me I've got to get up and go do this. I've got to get out of bed this time. I've got to eat this time. I'm just tired of that, Daddy. Give me my portion and take your hands off my life. Does that sound like some kids you might know? You know what you're going to find out in life? If you live life long enough, there's always going to be somebody to tell you what to do. You're going to have somebody in your life, all your life, telling you what to do. 
Here this boy is saying, I, I want you to take your hands off my life. I want to do my own thing. This give me lifestyle is a self-reliance lifestyle. You know what the Christian is saying? Who is not faithful to the church, uh, who doesn't read the Bible, who doesn't witness, who doesn't try to give and serve God. What he's saying is, God, I want you to save my life, but I don't want you to put any standards on my life. I don't want to do what you say in your word. I, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want your hand on my life. I can do my own thing, Lord. I don't need your help. I just want to keep you keep blessing me. Keep funding my life. Keep funding what I'm doing. Give me, give me. But I don't want you telling me to do anything. I don't want you to tell me what I ought to do, where I ought to go, where I ought not to go, what I ought to say, what I ought not say. I don't want you to tell me how I ought to dress, what I watch, what I listen to. I don't need that in my life, Lord. I just need you to bless me. I don't need you to tell me where my money goes to, Lord. I understand you have blessed me with the money, but I don't need you to tell me I've got to give it back to the church. I don't need that, Lord. Just keep blessing me. That's that real give me lifestyle that people have, Christians have today. I've got this, Lord. I don't need your help. How many of you said that? I got this. You know, Paul says we have no confidence in this flesh. You start relying on your flesh. You start relying on your own, own ability. You start relying on your own direction and discernment. You're going to end up exactly where this boy ended up, in a hog pen. If we live a real self-reliant day, you notice you have listened too much Listen on how much self-reliance talked about in this world today. Uh, talk shows tell you, you you've, especially the women today, they're telling women, you don't need nobody in your life. You've got this. You're a woman of power. You don't need, I'm telling you, watch, I watch these talk shows. I got to stay on top of what they're saying out there. Amen. They, woman, you don't need a man in your life. That's the Bible says, yeah, you do. You, 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 you've got this. You don't need nobody in your life. You are a powerful woman. As self-reliance. You're saying, Lord, I, I don't need you in my life. I've got control of my life. I'm going to do what I want to do, say what I want to do, go where I want to do. That's what you're saying. And God says, no, that's not how it goes. Because when you start relying on yourself and your own ability and your own wit and your own discernment, you're going to wind up in the hole pen where you should not have been. You've got that Frank Sinatra syndrome. I did it my way. Amen, I'm telling you. We've, we've got a problem. You go ahead and do it your way. This self-reliant way. It is a killer for living for God effectively. When you start relying on self and not God. 
I, I can't do this on my own. I, I'm not leaning to my own understanding. I can't make it on my own, Lord. The give me lifestyle is a self-reliance lifestyle. The make me lifestyle is built on servitude. Look at verse 19. And no more worthy to be called thy son, make me one of thy higher servants. You know something about servants? A servant has absolutely no say in what he does in his life. No, no say. He's not talking about an employee. He's talking about somebody that has been bought and paid for. I, I mean, it's like that old school servitude. Somebody has been bought. They take you home. If they want to put you in the kitchen, that's where you go. They want to put you in the house, that's where you go. They want to put you out in the fields, that's where you go. They want to put you in the stables, that's where you go. They, they have absolutely no say in what they do in life. Wherever they was put at, that's where they served. At. The make me lifestyle is a, is a lifestyle of servitude. It matters, it makes them into what it is. It's the master. He, he, he tells them what they're going to be. He tells them what they're going to do. Can I say to you today, you today, we've got a master. We have been bought by a price. Uh, we've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you're in the family of God, uh, you're in the servitude of God. He owns you. He purchased you. And he'll tell you what he wants you to do. He'll put you where he wants you to do. And when God puts you there, he puts you there for a reason. Because that's where you can best bring glory to God at. No, Lord, I'll just do it my way. Can I say that the happiest place you'll ever find, get in your Christian walk, when you say, Lord, I'm running my life. I'm not living a self-reliant lifestyle. Lord, you tell me what you want out of my life. Lord, you put me where you want me at. I'm not preaching because one day I got up. I think I'll just preach. I love chicken. I'll, uh, I'll start preaching. <laughs> I, I, I decided to be a preacher because God called me to be a preacher. God placed me to be a preacher. God wanted me to be in that place. Not by my reason, because I was bought by a price, and since I was bought, he's my master. Now he tells me where he wants me at. Yep. God has called you to be a teacher. Be a teacher. God has called you to be a singer. Be a singer. God has called you in the ministry. Be in the ministry. God has placed you where God wants you at, that you can best bring him glory yep. in this world. You read the writings of Paul and James and Peter and Jude, and they always says, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. They didn't say, I live my lifestyle the way I want. They said, no, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. We've been bought by a price. We have to be paid by a price. We're servants of Christ. See the difference between 
give me lifestyle and make me lifestyle. The distance from give me lifestyle to make me life, lifestyle. You say, distance, yes, a big difference between give me and make me. How far? Just as soon as he said in verse 12, give me. Verse 13, and not many days after the young man gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. What is the difference between give me and make me? A far distance. A far distance. You can't live both lifestyles. Can I say that? You know something about this? The Lord, the Lord knows how to get you from give me to make me lifestyle and what it costs you. How, how can God get me from a give me lifestyle to a make me lifestyle? He gave this boy just enough slack to where he got to the place in the far country that he spent everything that he had. That wasn't enough. God still had his hand on him. Then God said, hey, I'm going to allow this famine to roll into that nation. And I'm going to put him at his knees right now. That wasn't good enough. God said, now he's got to go out and work because, hey, let me tell you this. When the money's gone, the friends are gone, the party is gone, all those good things. When he done spent the last thing he had, he had nobody to depend on. Even when he had nothing, there was not a friend to come by to give him anything. God put him in the hole pen. You say, what, what's that got to do with me? God has a way of getting your attention. When you live in that give me lifestyle, God's got a way to get you attention. He'll bring something in your life. You say, what can God bring in my life? God can bring anything in your life, a famine, a hurt, a tragedy. Whatever God brings in it, God will get your attention. Can I say this? If you don't run to God quickly from a give me lifestyle to a make me lifestyle, God will get you there on his own. God will get you there on his own. Bible said, humble thyself before the, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's not your job to humble. It's God's job to humble you. It's God's job to exalt you. But if you insist on being, doing this, doing that, you, you, you keep on doing the job you want to do, you want to do God's job, can I tell you, God is going to do you your job. You try to keep lifting yourself, God will lay you down. He put him in the hall pen. So what's the point? So God got him to the point to where he could make you something out of him. It's not the mercy of God that allowed him to spend all the he had. It was God's mercy. It was God's mercy that put him in the hall pen. You say, wait a minute. Why would God's mercy put him in the hall pen? Because God has something for him. We don't see things like God sees them. We're being on the outside looking in, so, oh, that, that boy's so pitiful down there. He's got no money. His clothes are rotten, stinking. He's no place to live. He's living with the pigs. Let's just help him out. 
Let's give them some money. Let's give them some food. Let's just help. That's our mentality. Let's help them out. God might have had them there for a reason. God put him there for a reason. The mercy of God put, put him in that far country. The mercy of God let him spend all his money. The mercy of God put him in that hog pen. He says, why did God allow that? Because he's unfixing to lead him to repentance. That has to come to get where you, I'm talking about down the road, repentance has. He got into the place that he, to repent and says, you know what? I'm never going to leave my father's house again. God says, I'm leading him somewhere. And that's actually a blessing in his life. It's not a curse of God. He's using it to do something in his life. It's a far distance. But I found God knows how to traverse the difference between give me lifestyle and a make me lifestyle. God's taking us from here to there, putting us over there, and God uses circumstances in life to bring us to a place where he wants us at. I wonder how long is it going to take in your life to get you from to give me a lifestyle to make me lifestyle. What will a Christian, what, what kind of barren times will you have to face to finally wake you up? Stop living that lifestyle where it's all about me, all about me. I won't, I won't, I won't. Give me, give me, give me. What's it really going to take in your life to get you to that point? To where God finally wakes you up saying, I've been a fool in my life long enough. I'm going to go to the Father's house. God knows how to get you from one point to the other point quickly. There, there's, there's a difference. It's a far distance. But there's a delight in giving me and make me lifestyle. There's a delight in going from give me to make me lifestyle. Verse number 20. And he rose to his and came to his father. But yet when he was a great distance way off, his father saw him. And he had a compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee, against heaven and, against, and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. Bring him hither the fat calf. And kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they begin to marry. You, you see the light here? He, he, he got something now that he didn't have in that give me lifestyle. What we just read, he never experienced of that in that give me lifestyle. He is delighting in the kiss of his father. The father falls on him and kisses him. He wasn't getting that kind of kiss out in the world. He might have been buying those type of kisses out in the world, but when the money went out, the kiss went with him. But here the father lays down on his shoulder and gives him a kiss. His father gives him a real kiss of love. But you know, if you notice this, 
it didn't matter to the father how dirty he was. It didn't matter how dirty he was. His father still kissed him. Father said, it doesn't matter how filthy you are. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you smell like. He fell on him and kissed him and said, I love you. He's delighted in the confession. He comes to his father and says, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. You say, what kind of delight in that? Have you ever felt that or understood how delightful it was that when you had something on your chest that you just had to get off and you didn't know how to do it to finally you just got into your prayer closet, you came to the altar, the Lord, I've sinned against thee. I've got something in my life. I've sinned against you. And when you unload that burden and guilt of sin and all of a sudden felt like the world was lifted off you, that's how this boy felt. Father, I sinned against heaven and against you. And that confession of sin, it made him delight in it because now he is no more weighed down by the choices he's made in life. Can I say this? When you can repent of the sins that you've done and God says, I love you, and he kisses you, and he says, you're my son, you don't worry about the mistakes you made in your life. Because they're gone. That heavy weight on you that you sinned just gets lifted away. You have to find your way to an altar and get some relief and put it out in. He, he delighted in the calf. He was getting fed. He, he got just a couple of verses earlier, he was eating the husk from the swines. Now he's getting T-bones, ribeyes, baked potatoes. Whoo, that boy getting fed. That boy said, hmm, there's some good eatings at my father's house. There's some good food at my father's house. I was down there with the hogs. I had to reach down in that hog trough and get up the leavings down there and try to live off of that. But now I'm eating, I'm eating out of my father's house. There, there's the light in the food at the father's house. He delighted in the clothes that he got. Go get the best robe. Anybody know what the best robe in the house is? Father's robe. When they say go get the best robe, bring the best robe. The best robe belongs to the father. And I can see the father bringing that robe to him. And he's being filthy, nasty, smelly. And he takes that robe and puts it around him and pulls it up and pulls him close. He says, there, I've got the best robe on you. you and I got, the, I got to thinking about this. And I got to thinking about Jesus. When we get saved, we're good. God rose with, with his righteousness. And what the father said, put the best robe on him and that son pulled that robe on and go I smell my father I smell my father my father still loves me my father still cares about me it doesn't matter how bad I was. It doesn't matter what I've done. I've sinned. I was in a hog pen. It doesn't matter. My father put a robe on me. Now I smell like my father. Isn't it something, this boy, though that he had needed stuff that made him happy? We got people that make, think stuff's got to make us happy. Biggest houses, biggest cars, big bank accounts. That's what's going to make us happy. To the world's standards, that's what will make you happy. 
but satisfaction. Luke 15 stands as an example that money can't bring you everything. Money's not happiness. You chase all that stuff. You give your life to running after it, minute after minute, day after day. It'll never bring you satisfaction in life. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But that's only temporary satisfaction. Seasons do end. You know what he found out? What really satisfies? All those living it up didn't bother him. He was wondering why he can't live that lifestyle. They were partying. They were down there partying, throwing parties. And he was there and he, it just something inside of him just kept pulling at him. Why can't I live like them? Why can't I act like them? They seem to run out of money, but it doesn't matter to them. The party goes on. The party goes on. Why, why is it that I, I feel compelled not to do that? He said, because I belong to somebody. I belong to somebody. I'm telling you, you belong to Jesus Christ. That lifestyle of give me lifestyle will not satisfy you at all. You say, what satisfies? I know what satisfies. Being the father, being in the Father's house, being in fellowship with the Father, and you satisfy enjoying the food of the Father's house. The satisfying is enjoying the clothes of the Father tonight. The delight of the child of a living God is to make me lifestyle. Make me lifestyle. Lord, make me. Christians think this make me lifestyle is a boring and a drag. Can I say if you're a child of God, that is the only lifestyle that you can leave. It's the only lifestyle that will make you happy. Because no other lifestyle will ever satisfy a child of God. Because there's something inside of you that tells you, I'm not like them. I, I used to go to those places. I used to talk like that. I used to watch that. I, I don't do it no more because there's something inside. I, I belong to somebody that says they care for me, they love for me, and they're willing to clothe me, forgive me. The Father had every bit of the right to say, Son, you're not welcome here. You sin. You're not welcome here. The Father has every bit of the right to say, You're not welcome here. You sinned, but he put the robe on us, the robe of righteousness. He says, now you're my child. You're my child. You belong to somebody. That's the lifestyle that's going to make you happy tonight. Lord, make me. Whatever you want to make me, whatever you want to put me, whatever you want to do with me, Lord, I'm surrendering all to you and you only. And I'm not going to worry about what the world thinks about me. I'm not going to care what they say about me. I'm just going to keep on serving God. Living for God. Shouting for God. Praising for God. The make me lifestyle. Amen. That's where we need to live at tonight. Amen.